0: Hello, brewery fanatics, and welcome to the first ever official episode of the Brewery Travels podcast. My name is Joel Geyer. I'm your host, otherwise known as Brewery Travels on social media. And today, for our first episode, we are going to be exploring Cincinnati. And I have two awesome guests with me today, uh, David and Joe, and I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves. Uh, David, why don't you lead us off?
1: Sure. Yeah. My name is David McKinney uh, on social media. I'm at MMA McKinney um, because not only do I uh, have a couple of beer podcasts, I also am involved in the mixed martial arts world, um, but my podcast. So you've actually been on my show, Brewery yes. Adventures, uh, multiple times as, as has uh, Craft Beer Joe. Um, but I have that podcast and then also my website where I do a lot of like blogging and then another podcast called Beers and Beards podcast. So, really, just been um, you know involved in in craft beer, not in like any sort of like official way, but just been you know drinking my way around the city uh, since 2014. I moved here. Um, I'm originally from Columbus. So I'm an Ohio person through and through. I'm actually wearing a uh, an Ohio T-shirt today, uh, or Columbus T-shirt, uh, the Columbus Chill, which is an old hockey team, but. Uh, I should have I should have dressed for the occasion. I am drinking a Cincinnati beer, um which I I can talk well, about. Well, I think that's the most
0: important I think that's the most important factor. What what do you have on tonight?
1: Uh, I actually even though we're still in technically August as we record this, I'm drinking a uh, an Oktoberfest from uh, uh, Fretboard which I'm sure will come up multiple times on this podcast. Absolutely. Uh, their fret, their Oktoberfest is called Rock the Rhine which is one of my favorites, uh, and we'll talk, you know, Cincinnati has a ton of great Oktoberfest beers around this time of year, and I usually try to try all of them at least once, like, we have a lot of great bottle shops, and I'm I'm lucky enough to go, and I'll grab, you know, a couple of each one, and then that way I'm not uh, going too crazy with the wallet, but I try to get as many as I can, and the nice thing, you know, unfortunately with COVID, but so many of them have been packaged in the past year, like, I think we had, like, 20 plus packaged Oktoberfest last year, and I think it's around the same amount as uh this year so yeah this is one of the best ones and i'll
2: uh, introduce myself yeah craft beer joe Um, at craft beer joe um, on any of the different social medias and then craftbeerjoe.com a lot like david um i don't work in the beer industry but i've been around it quite a bit i've gotten to know a lot of people within it and really just enjoy the beer I uh, started writing about it and started posting on Instagram about it a number of years ago and really just kind of a passion project, you know, something to do on the side. Um, Cincinnati, born, raised, uh, really never loved beer until I found craft beer. And Cincinnati has been a great place to explore it and understand it better and really kind of get into the community side of it. I'm sure we'll talk about the community side quite a bit. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of my story. Um Most of the stuff I write about isn't even really specific to Cincinnati, but a lot of the stuff I post about on social media would be So if you go to my website, you're gonna find all types of different stuff. Some things educational some things more editorial uh, opinionated Uh, The latest thing I released was something about uh, a pretzel and craft beer pairing guide So I do a lot of stuff like that as well Um, As far as what I'm drinking tonight, um, it's kind of funny. David and I we didn't talk about this ahead of time uh, But we are like-minded in this time of year uh, drinking, Oktoberfest as well, but mine is from West Side, so check that out there. Obviously, I've got to pour it into a glass, but um, yeah, it's uh, obviously uh, a favorite time of year for a lot of people, but it's really, really deeply ingrained in who we are in Cincinnati, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about the history and kind of our German yes. background, so um, hopefully that pairs well with our conversation.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, so jumping into the history, I think you know we can go ahead and start this off with the you know hitting the little rewind button uh on the city and you know that for people that aren't from the area they may not know that there is a really long and deep history of brewing in cincinnati and the mid-19th century especially saw you know a really monumental rise in the brewing scene and this was uh, particularly evident in the over the rhine neighborhood where there is even an area called the brewery district um so We'll start with you, Joe. Do you feel that this history has influenced the current craft brewery scene? And, and if so, how? Yeah, I think there's a, a lot that you can take away
2: from the history. And yes, over the Rhine, if you go to that area, you're going to see a lot of architecture. And if you kind of dive really deep, you're going to see how many breweries from are that area. And you can hear all types of stats about the volume of beer that was made and consumed within. Uh, the city limits for years and um, and may- maybe David's got the specific stats, but I, they're, they're staggering, right? Uh, Cincinnati is one of the top beer producers and one of the top uh, cities for consumption for a number of years. And a lot of that is derived from the German heritage that's really strong in this area uh, over the Rhine, you know, specifically was a very heavily uh, German populated area. And it's interesting to see how it has impacted it because what, I've witnessed is when you look back like the 80s and 90s, there was still locally made beer, a lot of the different brands. And you'll hear us talk a little about it, a bit about like moreline or maybe Cudipol and things like that that kind of stuck around and were still kind of being that local uh, <laughs> uh, old school beer in many ways, but it wasn't really what we consider craft beer. Um, and the way I see it kind of happening is then craft beer kind of started happening cincinnati a lot like it was happening in any other area and it was the the american style of craft beer the ipas and everything were really what became popular first but now that we're a little more mature you're starting to see that german heritage really come full circle um just like we talked we talked about already the number of oktoberfest beers available in this area i don't know there's very many places that have as many as we do or the fact that we do such a big emphasis around bach beer and have a whole festival tied to Bach beer and all these different things that speak towards the heritage, the history of what the city has to offer.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think the biggest thing that has been a positive in the Cincinnati brewing industry is that I think that we do kind of lean a lot on that history, um, but also looking at, you know, the current existing. So, um, one of the funny kind of things that I like to look at is actually, is, uh, Urban Artifact actually discovered um, an old yeast that was um, actually originally a yeast strain from Link Brewery. And they actually were able to cultivate that yeast. And, you know, it was 150 years old. Oh, wow. And they brewed a beer. And then they've also brewed, uh, others have brewed beer, like Westside did a beer, um, Humble Monk, which is right across the street from Urban Artifact. So those are the type of fun things that are happening in Cincinnati. And the, the thing that I like is that there's not, you know it is uh it seems like kind of disorganized but also organic at the same time in that we are one of the few like large cities without actually a like a a brewery trail like a a map and like you know everyone has the guidebooks and things like that which is one of the things that i think is a a negative about cincinnati but a lot of the things that are are good is that we have these are organic things like that that pop up we have breweries that really you know talk about the history like northern road just opened up last year and an old um Moorline logging uh or uh, it was an old ice house i think it was um in otr so that is so the history i think of cincinnati is is huge in that not only in, in beer but also otr is is the largest intact uh, like downtown district where you still have the old buildings the buildings that have been there for hundreds of years and they're renovating the buildings and like Rheingeist, which is, uh, you know, our biggest local brewery here is in an old, also, also in an old Moorline building. Um, but you can, uh, the, the brewing heritage trail has been huge and in, in kind of bringing some of that history back to life um, and really, you know, cultivating that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I it, that's, I think it's, it's pretty obvious that, you know, it, it is. And, and, and it's not necessarily something that people talk about on a day-to-day basis, but you see, in that like a lot of our breweries do have lagers, they do have traditional German styles. Everyone from, you know, Ryan to, you know, Listerman, which is right behind me. They, you know, they, they create a smoked Bach beer every year that, you know, I think only a few people actually like to drink, but they do it for like the history of, of the beer. I would definitely um, drink it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Dan Listerman, the owner. It's his favorite beer. And he he'll tell everyone that ever asked, like, what's his favorite beer? It's that beer. If you're um, the owner, sort of I think you get it, to make yeah.
0: your favorite beer and just say, you know what, if if it means that I don't make the same profit margins on this one, that's okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So, um, but that is a picture of Dan Listerman from an old um, uh, uh what they call it, Scentsy Beer Week um, mm. that, that doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately, um, because of, you know, some politics and things surrounding it. But that is, I wish we had more of that in, in terms of like a beer week of, you know, everyone comes together for a week um but it still is a great beer scene nonetheless well and so like kind of
0: talking about you kind of mentioned that you know the the brewery maps like that kind of stuff if when you're looking at the greater cleveland area as a whole like depending you know i i'm sure there's arguments on depending how far out you actually consider the metro area but there's 50 plus or even 60 plus if you go way further out uh breweries in the area do you feel that there's going to continue to be growth or is it starting to kind of maybe peak a little bit and you're going to see a slower growth between not only just the number of breweries but between the pandemic and everything else are you still seeing that more new breweries
1: emerge yeah so uh, my count the way i count it is 40 miles from downtown 40 mile radius so there are 67 actual breweries and then we also have you know Um, tap rooms and you know places that are are not official breweries we have um, a contract brewery we have a meadery we have a cidery coming soon a few production facilities so there's a lot Um, but to answer the question i think the the biggest thing i've been seeing because i do follow this there are a few like small pockets that are still without their own brewery like one of the reasons why cincinnati has the brewery sort of spread out is because almost every neighborhood has their own brewery like we are a lot of our growth in the past three to four years has been each individual neighborhood or or you know town you know whatever you want to call it getting their own brewery um, and there aren't that many of those left but there are still a few um, like the uh, um, glendale is a, a tiny little area that's getting a brewery um, there are a couple more coming to otr but i think the thing i've been seeing is that the influx of second locations and even third locations is, is what's really going to fuel the growth for the next few years. Um, Mad tree has a second location coming, which there are, I guess they're the second biggest um, locally based brewery. They have a, a downtown location coming municipal, which is opening up a second location. They're up in Hamilton. Um, I don't know if some people consider that Cincinnati, some not. It's about uh, 30 miles away from downtown. Um, North High, which is actually a Columbus brewery, has a couple of locations coming. Um, they have one already open. Um, Paradise Brewing, which is actually a tiny brewery. They're opening up a second location. Um, Warped Wing, a Dayton brewery, is is making their way down here. I'm still waiting for Rheingeist to see what they... I, I think they're going to open up a, a, a second location at some point. And then other breweries like Streetside could open up a second place. They are always like like they seem to be like bursting at the seams um, and then tafts already has a second location um i'm sure Braxton has four locations right now so <laughs> yeah uh, they're kind of taking over the world uh at least you know and they're, and they're actually based in northern kentucky um, yes and they Huffing. opened up their first location in cincinnati earlier this year with they took over a, a brewery called three points um and so they officially moved into being a, an ohio slash cincinnati brewery um even though they're they're based out of northern kentucky but that's the thing too is that northern kentucky i think is an area where you there still is some room for growth like there's a ton of people in northern kentucky um and it's it's is it's that it's neighborhood like driven too but a lot of it's very suburban so um and there are i think like a couple maybe like planned in northern kentucky but nothing like huge so that i think is where we might see a lot of the growth like the next stage of of growth
2: yeah, no, I agree with a lot of what you said there. And, and I think it's interesting because there is this fear of like, well, how many is too many? And it really depends on what kind of business plan they have. How do they fit into what we're already doing? In um, Cincinnati, Rheingeist is the largest craft brewery, right? As far as what we would categorize, as far as a, like a local place. And they're really large. Like um, we probably can't sustain two or three more Rheingeist, right? Um, that's really not what what's happening. Um, even Mad Tree that we've mentioned is, is relatively large and they're going to kind of branch out and have multiple locations, but there's plenty of room for smaller breweries that are those neighborhood breweries. I live on the, the West side of town, kind of the Northwest side and there's really nothing near me. I have to drive about 15, 20 minutes to get to the closest brewery where like David mentioned, based on where he lives within 15 minutes of, of your location, I bet you could hit 30 breweries. If I had a yeah. guess, maybe more. Yeah. Um everywhere so,
1: downtown. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So all of a sudden it's just it's different pockets of the city, like you said, are kind of lagging behind based on maybe demographics or maybe some regulations buying. You know, municipalities and so forth, but there's still opportunity there for places that are going to go in and put in like a five barrel system, maybe a 10 barrel system. But places that are trying to do, you know, 20, 30, 100,000 barrels a year, there's not a lot of opportunity there. That's going to be really difficult. Um, And I also think you see just this kind of shift back and forth of what matters most from the taproom experience to packaged beer and kind of that battle. And I think COVID kind of made it a little more challenging to figure out where people sit. But right before that, everyone kind of knew that the taproom experience was really the best place to grow. Braxton yeah. and having multiple locations, all these places adding multiple locations. And like you mentioned, David, a lot of outside, uh, you know, breweries outside the Cincinnati area are starting to come to our city and opening up small tap rooms where they even make local beer. So that's interesting, right? Is people see Cincinnati as a market uh, that they can grow into if they're maybe in Dayton or Columbus or uh, again in Kentucky places like that. So definitely plenty of room, uh, I think, for small breweries continue to grow, um, and I think you'll see those that are on the larger side try to find how they get outside of cincinnati even further Uh, it's always really impressive to see how large Ryan guys has gotten without having to go that far outside right they're still kind of a regional brewery but they put up kind of national brewery numbers so it's really impressive there um but yeah i I think it'll be interesting you know uh however you want to do the count 50 60 70 breweries wherever we're at right now uh, i think we could easily have 100 plus but they have to pick the right areas and they have to offer a really great tap room experience. they have to focus local and realize that yes, you'll have somebody that'll drive across town occasionally to visit you, but you're really catering to those people within five to 10 minutes of your front door. And if they can do that and be part of the community, I don't think there's a limit to what we can do here in Cincinnati because the demand is 100% here.
0: Yeah. I think I agree with a lot of the points you guys make. And I think that some of those kind of themes really hold true in a lot of cities right now that you know you're not going to all of a sudden have the next Sierra Nevada just burst onto the scene Uh, that's just not what what the current market is Uh, but you know you're we're talking about kind of the different neighborhoods and things are spread out and that really segues really well into kind of my next question and we we mentioned that over the rind or otr as locals would (laughs) refer it to um, there's a cluster in that specific area but otherwise a lot of the breweries, especially kind of the bigger name, more popular names, are fairly spread out around the metro area. So what would you guys suggest a, a visitor to the city kind of take as an approach if they are wanting to go into and explore the craft beer scene?
2: Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a tough one to answer. Um, but I, I will lead by saying, you know, Over the Rhine is – Easily the place that most people would say to start because mm-hmm. you can't hit so many at one time and I'll probably miss a few, but uh, you've got Taft, you have Ryan guys, you have Sam Adams, Northern row. And again, I'm probably missing a few in there uh, as well. So many that you can almost walk to or easily get to very quickly in that area. Um, but if you're looking for like strategy strategies on how to really attack Cincinnati, even though they seem like they're pretty far apart when you look at a map our city is really easy to get around. Like we are a, a small, large city when you really look at how we're structured and the highway systems though. So it's easy to get around. Um, If we talk about like one of the ones that's relatively close to me, Brink. If you go visit Brink, you are not very far from going to Urban Artifact and Humble Monk and Westside Brewing and the second location of TASS, right? You have all those kind of right in an area where you can visit those. They're all like five minutes apart. And that's just one example of an area like that. Um, fretboard, uh, the beer that David's drinking tonight, you know, you have that brewery and then right up the street have March 1st, not too much further, you have Sonder. So you can start you know, kind of daisy chaining these breweries together really, really easily and hit multiple in, in one day. So as much as Over the Rhine gets a lot of attention for, being this really kind of historic area that's got a lot of breweries in it, that's definitely not the only pocket of the city that you would want to focus on and consider. It's really going to be determined on what breweries you want to see. You kind of have to pick maybe your top three.
0: Based on styles or whatever the case may be. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and the styles will vary. I mean, most of the breweries I would say in the area, they're going to hit all your styles, but they're going to specialize in, in, you know, certain things. I'd say Urban Artifact is probably the outlier where they're very specific to what they focus on. But outside of that, most breweries are going to have a good mix
1: of um, what you'd want to try while in the city. Yeah, I would say, and, you know, for somebody especially that has never been here, I would say make sure you hit Rheingeist and Tree, even though they seem touristy, they both are excellent taproom experiences. I mean, I've been to almost 400 breweries now and I would stack those two just, just based on the taproom experience alone with up with anybody. Um, Rheingeist is in an old, you know, building that's built in the 1800s. You walk up like four flights of stairs it's huge and open. They have a rooftop that's amazing where you can get some awesome views of downtown. Um, there's plenty of room to spread out. Um, and then Mad Tree is the complete opposite end of the spectrum in that it's a, it's like a suburban brewery in the city in that it's a big spread out brewery. Parking is horrible, so Uber there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even though they have a massive parking lot, it's somehow always full. Um, but they have you know uh, awesome pizza available from Catch a Fire and then huge dog friendly outdoor space. Um, Most of the people that like have been to Cincinnati or even locals, like it's a, it's a place that one of those rare places that tourists and locals both love. And for pretty similar reasons, it's an awesome experience. They do so well. The staff there is amazing. Um, And it's, it's just a great experience. And it's like, it's that perfect level of, you know, mad tree is like, they're big enough to you know to have some 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 pull and they can do some fun things, but they're not so big that people that like people have started to like turn on them and they're not cool anymore, right? So we see that a lot in craft beer. Unfortunately, guys gets a little bit of that, but I think it's really unfounded. I mean, they're only I think eight years old and they're the twenty fifth biggest craft brewery. Like the stats on that is like I think every brewery that was ahead of them, taking even out Yingling, which whether you want to consider them craft or not because Yingling's like what almost 200 years old, but the average age of, of the breweries ahead of them was like 27 years and Rheingeist is nine, eight, nine years old. Yeah. Not even point. a decade. yet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they're, and they've done so many things right. Um, but that's, I would recommend that. And then I would say, um, find a couple, you know, find whether you, whether you like new England IPAs, whether, you know, go to street side, if you like sours, go to Urban Artifact. I would that's what I would recommend. If you like loggers, go to fretboard. If you like kind of off the wall stuff, go to Third Eye, which is one that we haven't mentioned. That's that's kind of one of the newer darlings here in Cincinnati. Um there's so many, there's options for everybody, and you can go really far out and you can still hit like one or two. Like the other thing, even though they're spread out, there are very few of them that are like kind of on an island where you're going to be far away from any the only one i can really think of is um like 13 below which is pretty far from a lot of other breweries on on like the ohio river um and then all the way up in morrow cellar dweller but they've got cartridge that's like cl- you know suburban close to them <laughs> like it, it's like 7 or 8 miles but it's not too far but um yeah that or the other thing and i think there's an awesome article on craft beer joe's website yeah, the the other fun thing that I've done a couple of times, and I think Craft Beer Joe actually turned me on to this, is you can, if you're a if you ride bikes, you can go to like eight or nine breweries on like on the bike trail, and it's get, it's getting even better because we're about to close the the loop. But just on like the Loveland Miami Ohio River bike bike trail, you can hit a bunch, um, and I've done that multiple times. It's awesome. Just make sure you don't overindulge. Don't get a a BUI. Um, <laughs> but that so that's another like u- unique thing that a lot of places don't have um but yeah i would say hit those two and then you know find a couple of others that based on like style or location that you think would be awesome to go to yeah
2: and all and I'll second that vote for mad tree um i've traveled and i've seen a lot of different tap rooms not as many as you know probably the two of you but i'd put their tap room up against any other one that I've been in, I mean, it—it's nothing fancy. It's not a Taj Mahal. It's you know, it's not overdone, but they—it's just laid out in such a perfect way. There's an experience for anything that you're looking for. There are different types of seating, indoor, outdoor. You can actually go up and get a view of the, of the actual brew house area, which is massive because they're a large brewery. It truly is one of the best tap rooms that I've ever been in.
0: Yeah. Well, and so one, one name that, Joe, that you mentioned uh, when you were talking early on that if people were listening, may, may have caught them off guard a little bit was, was Sam Adams. And one thing that always interests me is when breweries kind of open up facilities in new areas and how they integrate themselves locally. And, uh, you know, Boston Beer Company has actually had a long history with the city of Cincinnati dating all the way back to 1997. And they just recently opened a taproom back in twenty eighteen there, uh, and so how much has their presence overall kind of impacted the scene, and how have they kind of fit in with the overall local scene as well? David, why don't you go ahead?
1: Oh, sorry. No. It's um, okay. Yeah, so I was actually trying to find the uh, the stat, but so the the they are. It's interesting that they have um, two kind of I think different entities. So they have the, the truly, uh, uh, brewery across the street, which, you know, most people don't know Boston beer owns truly. And that's like almost 70% of their total portfolio right now. Uh, but they've been here forever and they used to contract brew, um, in the, in the night, you know, in the night in early nineties. And then they started, they bought that brewery. Um, and for a while it was one of their two main breweries, um, between being here and then, um. In pennsylvania they actually don't really brew that much in boston which is is always i thought was always funny but um and the, the other thing too is that the same adam's boston lager is actually based on a, a recipe that was found in in you know the house like if you ever hear the story of of uh, um, jim cook um saying you know i found a recipe in the attic that was in cincinnati and so it should, really should be called cincinnati lager <laughs> um, but, uh, we're going to make some Massachusetts
0: folk mad with that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, um,
1: but yeah, the, the, I, have always been a huge fan of, of Boston beer. And I think that they add legitimacy to, to the Cincinnati beer scene, especially with opening up a tap room and them really, I think going all in, um, and the great thing about the tap room is that they do brew their own beer there. They have, um, Chris, uh, Siegman who has, was at Mount Carmel and then was at 50 West. So he has a lot of experience and they actually give him like a good amount of autonomy to, to kind of brew what he wants to brew. Um, you know, obviously with then like, you know, don't go crazy and like, you know, just brew good beer, I think is, is like the directive that he gets. So you can get some exclusive things that you can only get there that are, are, you know, Boston beer, you know, Sam Adams beers. And it's a really cool experience. They have a great patio. They're right in OTR. It's right across the street from Finley market, which is amazing. Um, I go there like probably more than just about every other type room other than street side, which is like I can walk to street side um, because it's a, it's an awesome experience and they're they're good people there um, and they have a, 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 probably one of the better patios and you're like right in the city too. So I think it has added legitimacy, but I think it still is surprising to people when they say like, well, why is, what's the connection? And then you go across the street and see this giant brewery, but, they actually just recently expanded um it's the largest expansion um in terms of monetary wise in terms in, in the history of Cincinnati breweries i think it was 75 million dollar expansion that they put on that brewery and they added a bunch of canning lines and things like that again mostly to to, to make truly but um they, they still make some beer there as well
2: <laughs> now i love Sam Adams and uh their cherry wheat is the beer that sold me on craft beer Um, I always thought beer was terrible. I didn't care for it. And many, many years ago, I was at a local place and we were drinking pitchers of cherry wheat and that kind of turned my perception on what beer could be and i've always loved a lot of what sam adams has, has done i've got Oktoberfest in my fridge right now uh, for this time of year and but most people don't know of that connection right that sam adams has with cincinnati uh the brewery's been here like you said all that history is there but even even further jim cook comes in every year to kick off Oktoberfest, what we call octoberfest cincinnati um, which is i keep hearing is still the largest Oktoberfest outside of munich um, that we have here in and again that German heritage and he really cares about the city and um, i think a lot of people are skeptical when they heard that they're going to have a tap room here like well you know is this just going to be a touristy place where you know you can buy overpriced boston lager and it's the total opposite i mean they put in a first class operation, but it's not large. I mean, they could have put in a huge place. Like when we talked about mandatory and ride guys being these large tap rooms, that's not what Sam Adams did. It is cozy. It's comfortable. It feels like the neighborhood brewery. It really does. Um, Again, indoor outdoor space. The fact that you can get Sam Adams beer made there that's unique, exclusive. They hired a local brewer. I mean, they, they took all the steps to really embrace who they are and who the city is. They didn't try to come in and, and like strong arm themselves into the community. They embraced the community. They said, "We want to be a part of what's already happening here." And I think that's really unique because they have the clout, they have the money, they had all of the resources. They could have, you know, made something bigger and better than anyone can imagine when it comes to breweries. They didn't do any of that, um, and I think a lot of people respect that. Um, you know, David, I don't know you made a comment about going there more than you know any other place and I'd almost agree you know there's a few breweries that I go to quite often and Sam Adams ranks in probably the top three of local breweries that I end up going to interesting and that, that sounds shocking to a lot of people, but it again it's, a, it's the right location. they always have something great right on, on tap and it just feels good to be there and I think we at least the you know for me, I like to support what they're doing and how they're helping. The craft beer scene instead of again, stronger arming themselves into what they think they might need to belong to or they have the right to belong to, because there's always that debate of whether or not they're even craft beer anymore because of their size. And when they, when you people walk into that tap room, I think you'd say these guys are still craft.
0: Yeah. And so, one other thing I'd like to touch on here uh, before we get to some other specific beer related questions, um, looking at the Ohio. Uh, craft beer scene as a whole. When you look at um when you look at kind of Cincinnati, Columbus, and uh Cleveland, you know, you have three major metro areas in the state. How do those scenes kind of compare and contrast? Yeah, that's really uh interesting and it's a little bit of hard of a question
2: <laughs> to answer. Um, I've spent some time in Columbus, not a lot of time in Cleveland with their beer scene, but I've tried obviously a lot of beer from all over the state. And if I would say any cities most similar to us, it's probably Columbus, um, as far as the beer scene goes, um, as far as how they're laid out and the types of breweries that you see there. Uh, When I think Cleveland, there's plenty of good beer up there, but I think Great Lakes is uh, kind of sets them apart in a different way because Great Lakes has been such a big producer of craft beer for a number of years compared to what we offer in the other cities, right? And that's kind of their, their predominant brand. But I think what really sets Cincinnati apart is our ability to have all of these different brands that really can stand on their own, but they, they make this bigger picture of who Cincinnati beer is, right? That we talked about, you know, David said, oh, if you want New England IPAs, where do you go for those? Well, Streetside probably stands out. Um, some people might throw Listerman into that, one, uh, Third Eye is doing some really good stuff with New England. Saunders always has something, uh, but then you have these other places we haven't mentioned. Like uh, March First is really, really intriguing. Uh, you go into their tap room and they make their own spirits, they make their own seltzer, they make their own beer, um, their own ciders. They like make it all, and they are starting to buy other brands up as well and kind of create this like unified front of multiple different brands. Um, but there's all these different kind of characteristics that I don't often see when I go to other cities and not even just the ones in Cincinnati, but even outside of Cincinnati, it seems like our breweries have a little more character. (laughs) I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but they're a little more unique. Like they know that they can just own a niche, right? They can be who they need to be. They don't need to make every beer. They can just make the ones that they're really good at, that they really love and believe in and let that stand alone because there's another brewery down the street that can focus on those other styles, You mentioned fretboard focusing on loggers and um, there's different ones that are focusing on different things and they don't have to like cross over. They don't have to like, you know, I don't think fretboard's ever going to get too deep into making sours because there's a few other breweries in the city that already do that. They don't have to fill that gap. And I think that's what the volume, the number of breweries we have really brings to the table is people start getting really good at their niche.
1: Yeah. I think what Cincinnati has is, is, that true history that we don't have to like grasp at straws to say like, Hey, we're, you know, we're really a brewery city because of, you know, we had a brewery in, in 1980s. Like, no, we had a brewery in the 1880s. And, they, and even before that, like the history, it really is there and you, you don't have to go very far to find it and you can see it in some of the, the existing breweries today and some of the brands as well. Um, one of the things like that, and I've, I've spent a lot of time in Cleveland and Columbus, um, but one of the things that Cleveland has that I wish that, that Cincinnati had is they have, uh, an area called Ohio city where there's like 12 breweries within a square mile. Um, and I, I went and I, I went to almost all of them in one day, um, which was, was a fun experience that, that I've, I've briefly talked about on my other podcast. And I'm actually going to do a, a brewery adventures episode on just Ohio city. Um, but the, I wish we had something like that. Um, but then, and Columbus has, um, you know, some, some great breweries as well. Uh, and, and Columbus and Cincinnati are, are pretty similar. Um, but I think that those, those towns don't have a, they don't have a Rheingeist and they don't have a Madtree, like these newer brands that are, are really big and really fresh. They do have some awesome breweries, but not to that level of, um, you know, how big Rheingeist and Madtree are. Um, and Great Lakes is bigger than Rheingeist, but they've been around since, 1988 I think or something like that so and and they're really their tap room is is interesting in that it's almost more of like a It's a restaurant before it's a, a before it's a brewery um, And they because they focused on distributing beer before they focused on the tap room because that was the thing when they started but um, I think we also have a, a great number of, of new breweries that are, are Are really really good like places that have only been open less than five like street side in a month is hitting their five year anniversary and they feel like they're like the old guy at this point. Um, (laughs) but we have so many like Saunders has been great cartridge, which hasn't even been open a year is awesome. Brink has like, you know, cleaning up on metals at great American beer festival. And, um, so many like young breweries that are are really good that, um, you know, a lot of other cities don't have. And and we have that, I think the density of, of it too, it's not just one or two, it's like 10 or 15 that, that are new, that are, are really good. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, I think that's the other big thing too. Um, I, I, you know, every brewery that I think opens up here pretty much is, is top notch because you're, you're not going to hang for very long in Cincinnati if you're not, you know, brewing on the level that some of the other breweries are, are, are doing.
0: Mm-hmm. So for those of you listening, uh, the, each episode is generally going to end with these, next three kind of questions that kind of give each guest the opportunity to shape kind of their favorites from the city and everything so let's go ahead and start off with are there any specific beers or beer styles if you want to be more broad that you feel best represent cincinnati i I know you've kind of mentioned it a little bit here and there but what would be your answer to that
1: yeah i mean the i think the obvious one because we have a festival based around it is bach um i don't know any any areas that have as many Bach beers as, as we have in Cincinnati. We have Bach Fest every uh, begin, end of February, beginning of March. Um, there's a huge festival around it. Um, that's at the, the, the Moreline tap room, which is actually closed. So I'm curious to see how that looks in the future, obviously with COVID that has been affected and then just the loggers in general. And I think a lot of places are going back to that. Like um, you know, you're seeing more and more places create loggers and create like a like the the quote unquote not cheap but like the the go to loggers or the everyday like the ones that you're going to buy a 15 pack of and throw it in the fridge and have it. Um, Braxton's done that. Um, uh, Rengais has done that. So like breweries are are doing loggers in general, and I would say specifically Octoberfest style as well. So those two, and then I think if you if you're outside of uh, Cincinnati, the beer that you've probably had from Cincinnati is the uh, Rengais Truth. Um, Which was like their flagship IPA that is still is, you know, their first or second biggest. Like I was in Columbus all weekend and saw everywhere that I went had Run Guys Truth. Even like some of the breweries had Run Guys Truth. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize how like how much they've infiltrated even Columbus, which is, you know, two hours away. And it's like that in Indianapolis, getting to be that way almost in Chicago. Cleveland is that way. Pittsburgh is that way. So they've like slowly know started taking over some of the other areas where they where they've uh, distributed and that's honestly why they they've been successful is they have great marketing um and and a beer that's that's really recognizable um and you you see the the logo and you you automatically know what it is so i would say those would be my answers
2: yeah yeah great answers and um you know i'd go even further on on the idea of bach beer Um, I really would actually like to see our Cincinnati embrace it even more if that's possible. (laughs) I know, you know, and and around the idea that like you talked about like truth, you can get anywhere in the region. I think it'd be amazing if somehow a local brewery could do that with a Bach beer, right? Um, What is it? Shiner Bach is probably the most famous Bach beer that I can think of. You know, it's available year round. It it would be really interesting to see if a local brewery could kind of have that type of reaction from a Bach beer where it could, you know last 12 months a year and people would buy it and drink it because typically it's a pretty short window it's like a 60-day window maybe a 45-day window in in late winter when we really see them around here and people do love them uh, so i think that's one um absolutely octoberfest is huge huge around here um and it's and again it's one of those things it's it's kind of that short window of time uh, where we really embrace it and it really pulls out the heritage it pulls out the german um, presence that we had in this area and helps us embrace that a little bit better. Um, and the other one I'll mention, and and it's not a brewery I drink a lot of, it's just just not always the style I'm looking for. Um, but urban artifact is doing some crazy good stuff with, I would say strongly fruited, uh, sour beers. And I hate to, I don't want to say overly fruited because I know they kind of talk out and against the whole idea of, uh, Post fermentation and so forth. When it comes to fruited sour beers, that can be dangerous if they get too warm. They kind of go the other direction and try to make sure they're doing things that are a, a little more sustainable for retail shelves. Uh, but again, if you love fruit, if you love sour beer, I'd put them up against just about anyone out there, and I think that's really unique. And Taver Brewery just just focuses on that. I think it is great. Um, yes, you can find all the IPAs in the world here. You can find barrel stouts and lactose and every beer that you, that you find. You know We're doing all the trendy things, but if you came to Cincinnati in late uh, winter, early fall, uh, Bach, Oktoberfest for sure, and then while you're here, you got to try Urban Artifact cause, just because I think it is unique. I don't think every city has a brewery that's doing what they do.
0: Yeah. So you guys have kind of sung the praises of a, of a lot of different breweries uh, in the Cincinnati area, and rightfully so. But My next question is going to be a little bit tougher then. I want each of you to kind of list three personal favorites from Cincinnati, greater Cincinnati area, however you want to frame it.
2: Yeah, I think this is like uh, against the rules to like name your, your <laughs> top favorite breweries, isn't it? Like you're going to leave somebody out. Um, no, it, it is challenging. And and so what what I guess I would preface is to saying I'm going to eliminate a few people off the top just because they're so well known. I don't need to sing their praise. Right. Sam Adams, Ryan Geis, Mad Tree, Everybody knows they're great. Yes, you should visit those. So I'm going to kind of take those off my list and say, I'm not gonna include those for that very reason. Um, What I'm drinking tonight, Westside, I think they are absolutely killing it. They do such a great job. They filled a gap where there really wasn't a brewery anywhere in that area, and it would have been easy to go in there and not make good beer because the demand was already there. They didn't have to make great beer. Uh, But they brought in a, a brewer from Sam Adams, ironically, and Colin just does an amazing job over there. The staff's great. The tap room is really great as well. And there's very few beers that I've had from them that I don't love. Um, And one of the cool things they do is they don't come up with clever names for their beer. They just call it what it is. So it's like West Side Oktoberfest. Uh, They make a really great uh, Schwartz beer in in late fall that I think is great, um, which is a style I think maybe Cincinnati should embrace a little bit more as well. Um, Love those uh, black lagers. Um, So I'd put them on the list. Um, I can't help but put, Brink on the list. Um, they've done such an amazing job for our city. Small brewery of the year twice at GABF. Uh, just
0: Which winning is no awards small fee to place. go to have it twice, not just one time, but like it shows the sustainability of that.
2: Yeah, when you think, I mean, how many of the breweries in the U.S. fall under that category of? of small brewery, like almost all of them right it's a huge yeah. percentage of them so there's a lot of competition for that area and then um, I got if I had to name a third I'm going to kind of name a new one just because I've been there quite often recently and I think they're really doing a good job is third eye I know we've mentioned them a few times I think they're doing a great job um, huge selection of beer on their board every single time IPAs, they've got some, a few dark beers, simply not, not a whole lot. Um, they do a few sours, they do lagers, they, they, they're kind of mixing it up. And they've also opened up with one of the better small tap rooms in the area with some really great food. So uh, I guess uh, if I had to, if I had to name three right now, those would be the three. Ask me in 30 minutes and I'll give you a, a different
1: three. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. I'm going to preface this by saying they mind change all the time. Um, and based on honestly just how i'm feeling kind of on that day but the three i think that are that have been up there for a while um are brink and brink is a funny story because when they opened when my now wife at the time girlfriend and i started we just decided to go to the, all, all the breweries in cincinnati and then we realized at the time there were like we're like oh there's 38 how are we ever going to get to that many um and now there's like 60 well you know almost 70 um, and brink opened up in in the kind of the middle of the time when we were going and i'm like it was to the point at, that there were so many new breweries opening that i was like almost like angry that like oh there's another one like i just went to one i have to go to another one um but went to brink and they are not really that close to me and i go there all the time i went there during covid to get crowlers um now thankfully they are distributing at least locally so you can get some of their beers but the funny thing is they're they're two beers that they've won medals for which is their musy their milk stout and um the uh the english mild which is hold uh, the reins um it's not really like the the two beers that i necessarily would even recommend getting from like every other beer that they, they've done an amazing like as joe mentioned a schwartz beer i love schwartz beer so much that i that was the first lager that i did homebrew um and it's like almost ready so i'm very excited about that that's my ultimate favorite style and and i want every single brewery even places that don't do lagers like i want i want to see what urban artifact would do with a schwartz beer um just because it's such a great style and and drinkable in it Um, but urban artifact is my second they have an awesome tap room and i think Joel, you went to Urban Artifact when you're here, right? They're in an old. Yeah, the the only
0: three that I was able, I did uh, Ryan Geist, Urban Artifact, and then across the river at Braxton. So a pretty good three to get to because it was also, it was back in 2017. Um, But definitely I need to get back into the Cincinnati area, (laughs) which you and I have talked at at length, I believe, on on your podcast. so. (laughs) So
1: yeah, so Urban Artifact, the tap room is an awesome experience. It's in Northside, which is like kind of the hipster neighborhood um, which is a really cool neighborhood in and of itself, just go. And then across the street, they've got like humble monk, which is a great Belgian brewery, but urban artifact does. And they, they're always like, they're, I think they're, they're some leaders in in the industry in terms of they're always, you know, kind of pushing the boundary. They're not, you know, they're not, uh, afraid to say like their opinions on things. And it's, it's kind of awesome and refreshing. Um, but they don't do it in like a, in like a negative way. It's mostly, You know hey this is what people should be doing and then my third um which i think would probably surprise a lot of people but is fretboard um i have like had like a come to come to realization moment that like i just absolutely love lagers in general and every time that i go buy beer i buy fretboard beer almost at this point Um, because they're putting out so many great beers um they have uh, Vlad, which I think they they won a GABF medal for Vlad, which is their Pilsner, and that's that beer. I don't even really drink it that much, but it's every time I do, I'm like I need to just buy this and always have it in my fridge because um, it's that good. Uh, their um, their Oktoberfest is awesome. Every beer that they've done, they just did a, a an awesome IPA um, with frat Heads, and they've started doing more collaborations with like the the, the highest the most respected breweries in the state and people like warped wing branch and bone uh Fatheads, um and they 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 also their brewery is a music venue which is really cool as well and it's it's just a great brewer, great brewery great brewery experience and then they're putting out some amazing beers um and if i'm cheating but i have to mention a fourth one just because they're right down the street from me and i can walk there but street side um they're awesome they're awesome for the for the community that i live in Um, they're awesome for Cincinnati. Um, and they, they're continuing to do like fun and unique things. Um, I think they've kind of taken over like almost as like the darling of, of Cincinnati that maybe some other breweries have had in in the past, uh, few years that maybe they're not as much of (laughs) darling breweries now, but StreetSide I think is, is kind of in that, that period now. And I'm expecting to see them like, you know, expand a lot in the next few years. And they're about to Mm hit five years. So,
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, those are all great names that hopefully people can jot down or come back to if they're ever in the Cincinnati area. And um, I guess the last thing would just be if there's any other kind of final thoughts, conclusions about Cincinnati craft beer that you guys would have, any other topics, or even just a quick little one sentence, one liner, uh, why folks should come and visit Cincinnati to check out the craft beer. I think you've covered a lot of it already, but
1: uh, (laughs) yeah. No, I I think just honestly, we have literally anything that you want. We have Um, other than a a dedicated cidery, which is now on its way. um, We have a meadery, a cidery. We have any type of beer that you would ever possibly want. um, And a lot of unique different breweries that are all great. Um, There are. Maybe a couple that I'm like, I wouldn't go to, and I'm not even going to mention them, but like I wouldn't ever go to this again out of 70 in Cincinnati and a couple of the ones that I wouldn't go to have, have you know, unfortunately closed. But um, in order to be successful in a city like this, that's you know has as many breweries. You have to be good. And the ones that are open now are, are they meet that criteria.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, I want to say David cheated by giving a fourth. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to give a fourth. I was just there yesterday. Listerman, call out, you know, Dan Listerman that's yeah. behind him. Um They're like OG when it comes to craft breweries around here, and they're they're still doing great stuff. Um, No, I mean, come and visit Cincinnati in general. There's so much to do besides the beer. Yes, come for the beer, but stay for everything else. There's tons of, Mm -hmm. you know, history, museums, entertainment, amusement, all types of things. If you name it, um, we probably have it. Our sports aren't always the best. I don't come here to watch sports. Um, Unless you come (laughs) to watch your team play us, and you'll probably win. So uh, that's an advantage too. Uh, But no, there's so much uh, to do and see here and it is easy to get around so no we don't have like that all these like major areas where you can just like walk to a bunch of breweries outside of over the rhine but i'm talking talking 5 minute drives and you're hitting one brewery after the next and they are like david said you have to make great beer in this city we know good beer and if you don't make good beer you're not going to last um no and i the last thing i'd say is reach out to myself and david if you're going to come to cincinnati we will tell you what's going on we'll tell you about releases we'll tell you where we've been what's what's trending up, what's trending down, we'll, we'll point you in the right direction.
0: Yeah, and I, I want to thank both David and Joe for coming on here too. And um, why don't you both uh, kind of repeat again, I know you did at the beginning, but repeat where they can find you, uh, whether social media website, all that kind of stuff. So that way, uh, if folks are going to Cincinnati, you can reach out and, and talk to these two local experts, as I would call them. <laughs> experts, yeah.
2: So uh, at craft beer, <laughs> Joe on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Facebook as well, um, where you're going to find me or craftbeerjoe.com if you can send me a message on there as well. Um, but yeah, I would say Instagram's probably the best place to find me, but I'll reply anywhere you want to find me.
1: And I'm MMA McKinney. I just, I have MMA McKinney on all the social media and also my website that I've kind of made like my hub just because I have so many different projects always going on. So it's more just <laughs> to keep myself organized. But if I have like Every Cincinnati brewery listed on there with a map. All the breweries that I've been to. If you have, um, you know, any questions about any of those, uh, all of the MMA stuff that I do, the multiple podcasts that I have, all that fun stuff. So, and I also try to post like some of the beer news. We have some people that do it a lot better than I do. Um, but if you just Google like Cincinnati beer, you'll find like twelve, you know, bloggers in some way, shape, or form, whether they have websites or Instagram. So it's not just us we have a lot and and i think there are some fun projects coming up that you know hopefully um will uh, will show like how you know the the passionate people in this city and and how passionate people are for uh for for craft beer so I, a, a little bit of a maybe some uh, teasing there but
2: <laughs> well and david I, I think we should uh call out the gnarly gnome i know he's a good friend of both of ours and yeah and he's the guy that's gonna keep you up to date on all the late breaking news like he lives and breathes it and um i don't know i get most of my information from him so <laughs>
1: yep and if i don't uh, yeah if if he doesn't know then it's probably not true at that point like it's he usually know i'm like i ask him like a lot of the rumors and he usually and he'll he'll at least with me he's you know honest and straight like yes or no usually yeah. like got to build that relationship <laughs> yeah <That's right. laughs> but yeah he has a and he has a, a great podcast too since he where if you ever are curious about any of the breweries i'm sure he's done multiple episodes on them so you can hear like kind of what they're all about if you have any questions about any of the breweries um he has hun- hundreds of episodes of that at this point so um that both craft beer joe and i've been on um at, at multiple points so
0: So and and again, for the folks, if you're listening, uh, you can find me at Brewery Travels on Twitter, Instagram. I'm brewery underscore travels. I have a website, thebrewerytravels.com. You'll be able to find this podcast everywhere else, but if you ever want to go back, having trouble finding it, my website will have links uh, for all the different past episodes and whatnot. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to sharing uh, stories and information from cities all around the country. And I think this was an awesome start. I obviously need to get back to Cincinnati again after talking to the two guys. And uh, just remember, whether it's where you're living or where you're visiting, be sure to drink local.